You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clearing, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into The Happy Hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico back with you. As always, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline. And the Starter Heyman text line, both those open for you guys, as well as the video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can always follow us on Twitter as well, Nick underscore Sainert, and at Radio Rico AC. Okay, so I, pre- I prefaced this before the break, and Rico and I kind of had a little bit of a discussion before um, before we came back on. And we'll get to volleyball here in a moment. But I think this is interesting here, Rico. We always talk about the differences with Husker football. Whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the the personnel, the players within the program, whether it's the leadership starting at top, and those are those are positives. I, I'm not trying to cloud that with this discussion, so I I want to preface that with with that being said. But there's one glaring parallel or similar feeling or thought going into this week zero game, mm-hmm. and if you look around the country at other week zero games, you'll notice that the other only other interesting game that's going on is Wyoming at Illinois and there I mean there you're going to be sitting there thinking okay what's what's so exciting about this go but that's Cowboys. go okay go Cowboys there you go and I guess I, I rewatched the Illinois game last night and I don't know why you would do that well I wanted to remember some things <laughs> and um watch the Illinois Illinois game last night kind of want to forget that game. all the bad things special teams Adrian Martinez fumbling, not deciding on the running back. Um, although throughout fall camp last year, mm-hmm. we heard they were going to run downhill. Mm-hmm. They needed to just prove that they can win. But instead, they got punched in the face one time, and they folded. One of the biggest parallels going into this week that I kind of noticed and, and made the realization yesterday of is that once again, for the second straight year in a row, in week zero, in the first football game of the year, all eyes are on you. Nebraska is the centerpiece. Nebraska is the centerpiece. Every single eyeball that wants to watch college football, and there's a lot of them, both from local, regional, and national levels, and even with you being in Ireland, possibly worldwide. It's the first college football game of the year. All eyes are on you, on national television. And once again, you we can ask the same questions that we asked last year going into Illinois. And I'm not trying to bring up the the diff like why Nebraska lost that game because I think those things are fixed with the new staff and with the new personnel. Mm-hmm. I think a, a bulk of them, especially the special teams. You'll remember in that game, Nebraska missed two PATs, and that gets overshadowed by the fumble, by them not the, committing to the run, things the, like that. The muff punt, punt safety, exactly, exactly. So. Uh, yeah, that, that gee whiz. Yeah, forgot so, about that one, didn't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you, you forget that Nebraska missed two PATs in that game. And once again, all eyes are on you in week zero. And last year, I don't need to tell you guys this as Husker fans, kind of put put on a poor performance. Yeah, it was kind of weird, but kind of awkward. Uh, it was a very uncomfortable the, post game. Uh, the social media... Not outrage. The social media like uproar yeah. of people. You know, people make fun of Nebraska regardless. But the amount of people tweeting about how Nebraska, how bad Nebraska looked against Illinois and their 
their mm-hmm. first year head coach, not a first year head coach, you know, to head coaching, but at Illinois, Brett Bielma, it was not uh, not the greatest feeling to go on social media as a Husker fan or as somebody that that wants to talk about um, Nebraska uh, football because they were getting it from from every mm-hmm. angle, uh, from from national writers to writers in in the state writers outside of the state uh big 10 writers all all of that people were giving it to nebraska for what a poor performance they put on and and one of the other parallels i don't know if you even thought of this is not for the football team or the coaches the players whatever this is from the fan base is another parallel to that illinois game is looking down on your opponent that's a good first point week after an entire off season of Nebraska Kool-Aid and Nebraska is doing this much better and they have this player who's going to do this and they have this player who's going to do this and they brought in all of this new talent and this is an extremely talented team and all of the hype surrounding the team, the fan base looking down on that week zero opponent. They were looking at Illinois saying, oh, Brett Bielma, he's in his first year at Illinois. Illinois is not good. It's Illinois. Who cares? Nebraska should take care of business. Exactly. Pat Fitzgerald, oh, he had a bad season last year. It's Pat Fitzgerald. It's Northwestern. They're terrible. Their best safety transferred out. Nebraska should be able to take care of it. I'm not saying Nebraska's going to lose this game. They They should win. But... That is exactly what we said last year. You're 100% right. And, and once again, I don't want to make this a conversation of, of last year, last year, last year, because we are fully aware and excited about all the changes. You hear Casey Thompson break down Northwestern's defense, and you're ecstatic. And you hear Scott Frost talk about how they operate, and you're, you're pretty energized and juiced up about how this season's going to go. You listen to Mickey Joseph, you listen to Donovan Rayola, Mark Whipple, you listen to these guys. You hear Garrett Nelson talk about yeah. rushing against the best left tackle in you, the nation. You hear about Caleb Tanner's growth. I mean, just impressive growth over the last three years from a guy that was late at meetings, was put on the accountability list every single practice, and you show, I mean, it just goes to show that there is something brewing. And so you kind of get juiced up. And Rico kind of mentioned this a moment ago, and I'll get to it here in a second. But you remember last year it was what kind of product is Nebraska going to show on the field? And now they face that same kind of question heading into this Week 0 game. What kind of product, how prepared, how ready are you to go for this game? Because, and now I don't want to even, I don't want to visit this topic for too long, but I think it's, I think it's important to note both sides, Rico. If you lose this game or go out and play poorly, right, then it's kind of the same feeling as last year because then it actually hurts you as a program on how easy the schedule is set up. And that, once again, it just just speaks to the magnitude of this game because you ask yourself, what do wins against North Dakota and Georgia Southern do for you as a program Mm -hmm. from a program standpoint? And it, it once again, like my overall thoughts after watching Illinois yesterday, digging up that same disappointed feeling that we felt back in, in week zero last year, I really sat back and realized how crucial and important this game is on Saturday. And Rico, you mentioned how going into the game last year, one of the biggest things we heard is you have this player who's going to do this and this player who's going to do that and we're, we're set up, we're deeper and we feel better about every single position on the field than ever before. I've mentioned this throughout fall camp when we've been able to talk to coaches that when you're in the press conferences, there's this quiet confidence surrounding the program. Mm -hmm. Part of it also could be the pressure that they're feeling of, listen, I can say whatever I want, but you know, it's not going to be proven until Saturdays 
or also the idea that we just need to play a football game on Saturdays and show that we're finally moving this thing in the right direction and we got the right people in place. And I think that's okay. I, I, you're just ready for uh, this this quiet confidence. And maybe it hasn't been so quiet in years past. Yeah. But now this year, you just kind of feel like they're operating under one guy, one roof, under the same message. You speak of the quiet confidence. Casey Thompson was actually asked where the confidence for this team comes from the other day. And Here this he is. is. what he had to say. Uh, I think the confidence comes um, from our training. Um, you know, there's a saying that says, you know, you don't rise to the level of the occasion. You fall back on your training. And um, like I said, today's Sunday and we're six days out and I have complete confidence in this game plan and the offense and the coaching staff and um, just trying to keep everybody positive and relaxed. We had a really good practice today. Um, almost no mistakes uh, on the whole day. Whether that was against the defense or the scouts, um, the game plan's really, really good and solid right now. Um, we had a practice yesterday where we went over like 90 to 100 plays, and we didn't have many repeats or mistakes. So um, I think that the guys have a lot of confidence right now. But um, me as the quarterback, I just, like I said, I just try to keep them positive and encourage them um, after practice today. Just trying to talk to the receivers and let them know we had a great practice and tell them the line, you know, we had a good practice and. Encouraging the guys when we have to do half gashers and sprints after practice that this is going to help us for the game and ultimately for the season. So we're just trying to take one game at a time. But when we get over there, I think the main thing is uh, on game day, my, my confidence and poise and my body language and just showing the rest of the team and the offense that, hey, you know, we've been here before. We, we practice for this and we're all prepared and just relax, have fun and play the game. So I would say my poise and my body language will probably help the most on game day for sure. Uh, I think the confidence. It's that's okay. It's it's interesting once again that he says the body language, and I guess when we talk about this quiet confidence or this confidence, I guess that's surrounding this program. When you're in the rooms, when you're at practice and things like that, talking to the the people, the new people in place, especially, it's once again, it's not we had our best practice. Have we heard that this fall camp? Like over and over, you've, you've heard, heard it a, a couple of, times. You've heard a lot of we had our worst practice. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like you've heard more. You've heard a lot of accountability. I've heard. I feel like I've heard more. We didn't have a good day today than I've heard. It wasn't good had, enough. We had a really good day. It wasn't good enough. And I suppose that you can take it. And maybe this is just me talking four day or five days away from the first game. But I guess you could take that one of two ways. First, you could take it as oh no, they're sucking it up and they need to get better, or they expect excellence. How many times have we heard that mm-hmm. from Mark Whipple, from Mickey Joseph? Mickey Joseph, wasn't, as of last week, wasn't ready to name a top six because he, they weren't performing well enough. They weren't consistent. And, and like you'll, you'll go back to a Mickey Joseph d- uh, discussion a couple weeks ago, and it was, why aren't you ready to name you know, who's the most consistent in the room? Me. That's what he said. I'm the most consistent. Not Nick, Mickey. Yeah, Mickey. <laughs> and so, like, I, like once again, just like Casey Thompson said, and this goes back to operating under one roof and one message. Ever wonder what separates cloud innovators? Find out. Download the Deloitte U.S. Future of Cloud Survey Report, closing the cloud strategy, technology, and innovation gap at Deloitte.com slash U.S. slash cloud survey. Deloitte. It's not necessarily confidence or that quiet confidence by what they're saying, but how they're operating, what their actions are, what their body language is like. And we can sit here. This is the best we can do, unfortunately, right now on August 22nd because they haven't played a game. Next week, we'll have a much better idea of, once again, if the actions 
were are going to translate onto Saturdays in the fall. What they're saying their actions are like, what it feels like in those press conferences, if that translates to the fall in, in, in games on Saturdays. We'll, we'll find out on, on, on uh, August 27th here. Here's the thing. Rico, let's get to a volleyball discussion real quick. Mm-hmm. Because let's take a hard turn, hard transition, and then we'll get, to the, we'll get to the spillover after. What do you... Do like five... Is there going to be a spillover? Strix in Europe. Well, we can bring Nate in. We can bring Nate in. What would you like to do? Would you we like a full? That. No, we can we can do it. We'll, all right, we can get this. We so, can get this pullover. so first of all, so you did went to volleyball. I did. I went to the fan day, and then I went to the red white scrimmage. And first of all, before we dive into the actual like the experience at the game, mm-hmm. we need to talk about Ellie. She was a superstar. She was. She she roared across Husker volleyball Twitter. She took over. Volley- she was she was the face of Nebraska volleyball. She was on their on their Twitter page, literally or the social face, media, literally the face of Nebraska volleyball profile picture. So that was a thing. It was very. Tell I us, was not prepared for that. Did you know they were taking the picture? Yes. So we got we first off the fan day was amazing, and hopefully they do it again next year, and it was great. Um, but we got closer to the front of the line, and she was wearing her little corn headband, and Becca Alex headband, Becca Alex headband, and. One of the photographers there was just like, oh, my God, she's so cute. Can I get a picture? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I went to, like, pose with her. She ran behind my back. She didn't want her picture taken. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) So then, you know, she was standing out there. She was looking at something else. And I look at the photographer, and I kind of nod. And then I just go, hey, Ellie, what's that over there? And she turns, boom, picture. That's why her face is so serious. She had no Bam. idea what she was looking at. She had no clue. She had no idea. You finessed but, uh, her. You, you teased her. Rachel made fun of me because she's like, why did you put her headband on like that? She looks like Rambo. And I was like, I don't know. I just thought that I'd put the headband on. I, I thought it looked pretty <laughs> why good. Why didn't Rachel put the headband like, on? Rachel was at home with KJ. Okay. Um, but <laughs> Rachel just texted me and said, proudest moment ever as her mom. <laughs> That's good. That's awesome. No, it, it went it went crazy on Twitter. It was it was wild the amount of people who were you know commenting how cute she was and how great her shirt and her headband were and all of this. Yeah, we went through the line and you know talked to Nicklin and Kenzie and Lexi and, and the rest of them. Um, but they were like, "Oh my God, she's so cute." Becca, Alec wanted a, a fist bump or a high five, and Ellie wasn't having it. She was super shy. Shoot. Uh, but uh, Becca was upset she wasn't wearing a headband. But it was it was fine. Uh, it was a great experience meeting all of them. Even though she didn't talk to them, I'm sure you know that's something that hopefully she'll remember or at least talk about because she was excited to go back to volleyball later that day. Um, but shout out to uh, a <coughs> little little free plugs real quick. Yeah. Shout out to Lincoln Running Company for the headband and shout out to Paper Kite for the there you go um, t-shirts, which they will have adult sizes. I think later this month uh, of the little corn. They better now. So yeah, it was awesome. Just getting those and, you know, plugging the small businesses. So yeah. that, that was always fun. Okay, now the scrimmage. What did you see? Red team swept them 3-0. So, so they were going to play four sets because there was one switch um, in where they switched Becca, Alec, and Maggie Mendelson in the middle uh, from Maggie was on the white team first and she switched to the red team. They were going to play four sets to give each of them two sets to play. But they stayed at the fan day for another half, an extra half hour, just to make sure they got everybody who came through cool. uh, to get signatures. So they they stayed there a little bit longer than they were expecting. So they only played the three sets. But and take this with a grain of salt because as of right now, I'm still getting acclimated to, you know, uh, covering the volleyball team and learning more about volleyball as yeah. I go. But based on what I saw, 
this team is going to be fantastic. Number one Caitlin, in the country. Caitlin Horde in the middle is such a huge addition defensively. And, I mean, her offense is great. I mean, if you watch Nebraska volleyball these past few years and you saw Penn State when they came to Lincoln or if you watched them on television, uh, you know how good she is. But just seeing her in action wearing the Nebraska colors was amazing. And her defense is going to be spectacular. I think she had something like six or seven blocks in the scrimmage uh becca alec for being becca alec and maggie mendelson for being freshmen as john cook said earlier in the week last week they don't play like freshmen they don't act like freshmen yeah. you could see it they were there they were ready they made a couple freshman mistakes uh here and they're celebrating on a on a supposed kill when you know lexi rodriguez is on the other side you exactly. never celebrate Can't too early that, yeah got back up and 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 the red team got the kill when becca was on the white team uh maggie mendelson and again they are supreme athletes, and this is just me watching from however far up I was. It seemed as if her hands were a little late getting up on the block. I'm sure she'll fix that. I'm sure they'll fix that, and she'll be great. Her length and the experience she got playing with all of the national teams this summer is going to come into effect at some point during the season, and you're going to see uh, something amazing. They are going to be switching back and forth, John Cook said, after the scrimmage during the first few games. So they'll you know have Beck up there, have Maggie up there, have – have Caitlin Horde up there, but the loss of Kayla Caffey, I think they can can take care of that. Weather with the, it, weather that with the two freshmen and, and Caitlin Horde because, look, defensively those three are going to be a problem for anybody else that's going up against them. Uh, Kennedy Orr, for all of the talk of you know the injury and maybe not being ready, she looked the part. The well, other day, of a former number one overall recruit, the number one setter mm-hmm. in the nation, um, her sets were on point, and something that they've been working on. If she gets the first touch, she, her, and Lexi Rodriguez have been working on a thing where she gets Lexi will bump set it to her, okay, and she'll get the kill. They did it about two, three times. Looked fantastic, and that's something you can do with a taller setter such as Kennedy. I mean, she's around six foot. I think she's all of six foot. So that's something that she can do. That I'm not saying Nicklin couldn't do it, but that's something that Kennedy or can really take advantage of if she gets the first touch. Um, and once again, we can we can translate this conversation of Nebraska playing Nebraska in a scrimmage to similar of, I mean, if we want to make the comparison of football, go 2019 LSU. Comparison to football, going up against the best team in the country, right? <laughs> I mean, the scrimmage, there, there's value in these, right? It's not like, oh, yeah. it's not just, there's definitely value. Um, we got this on the text line. Hayden Kubik looked really good. She looked she, amazing. She finished with eight kills and seven digs. She Maddie, looked amazing. Maddie Kubik looked all the, 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 the part of the only unanimous all Big Ten selection that she yeah. is. Maddie, Maddie she Kubik. She had a little bit of a little bump. She ran into... It might have been Kennedy, or I don't remember who she ran into, but she ran into him. Uh, I think it was just like a, a a stinger on her nose. It looked like she grabbed her neck, but I'm not sure. I'm not going to speculate on anything. She's fine. She got up. She finished the scrimmage. She was good. She looked fantastic. Um, kind of sad we didn't get to see Allie Batenhorst play. She was in street clothes. But Lindsey Krause uh, on the pin looked fantastic. Lexi Rodriguez, still great. Nicklin Hames taking over as one of the defensive specialists and not the setter. You know, you saw her defense last year when she played in that back row as the setter. Uh, so she's still great. Kenzie Knuckles was on the white team the entire time and looked really darn good. Jalen Reyes, shout out to Jalen Reyes, still got the athleticism. Wanted to see him swing it, uh, maybe, you know, his full power, but he got stuffed a couple of times 
by Caitlin Horde, Beck Alec. I think Maggie Mendelson got him as well. They were they were stuffing him at the net a couple times there. So uh, the defense is going to be a strength for this Nebraska volleyball team. Uh, the red team struggled, uh, not struggled, but they 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 had one ace and about seven or eight errors service not service errors it could have been service errors they had about eight errors uh which is something they're gonna have to clean up i have full faith in john cook they'll get that cleaned up um but Maisie bosinger looked great serving for the white team so you could probably you'll probably see her coming in um for serves this this coming season um okay so once again, Maddie Kubik led the red squad just to give run through some of the stat lines. Maddie Kubik led the, led the red squad with 13 kills. Um, Lindsey Krause, as Rico said, added 12 of her own. Whitney Lonstein chipped in nine kills and four blocks. Kennedy Orr had 35 assists um, and nine 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 digs, four blocks, and three kills. Let me read that. Let me read that stat line again. Kennedy Orr. Um, throughout all the speculation of whether or not she was going to be ready to take over for Nicklin Hames. Set the red attack with 35 assists, had nine digs, four blocks, and three kills on the night. Um, One of those blocks was on Jalen Reyes. Yeah, and Caitlin Horde had nine blocks. So you talk about middle blocker, like Rico kind of said, you have to replace Kayla Caffey, you have to replace Callie Schwarzenbach, who went off to Long Beach State with Tyler Hildebrand. Then um, Caitlin Horde, an All American from Penn State, is a good filler or replacement for that. Not taking anything away from Kayla Caffey, but Caitlin Horde's height. And her length is going to help her more on the defensive end than yeah. Kayla Caffey. I'm, Kayla Caffey was a good defender, but Caitlin Horde is just that next level on the defensive side of things. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go ahead and take our final time out here. Good report on volleyball. They open up the seri- season, excuse me, not the series, in the Emeritus Players Challenge on Friday at 11 a.m. We'll be there uh, to kind of give you guys updates the entire day. Rico will be in Grand Island, so I'll I have know. to... Uh, there's a little bit... I'll of, get to. There's like a scheduling volleyball news. Uh, their volleyball match against Loyola Marymount has been moved from 6 p.m. on September... to 6 p.m. on September 1st and will be televised on Nebraska Public Media. There you go. So they, they play Texas A&M Corpus Christi, though, at 11 a.m. on Friday. So to open up their season. So exciting weekend in Husker sports. Number one over, or number one team in the country, Nebraska Volleyball, plays Texas A&M Corpus Christi on Friday. And then, obviously, Husker football kicks off their season on Saturday. Let's get to our final timeout. We bring in Nate for the spillover coming up next on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and theticketfm.com.